Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks so much for being uh, with us today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's my pleasure to have you with us. Uh, my next guest has been with us before as well, and um, she uh, has a, an incredible niche, and, and that is she helps speakers uh, get out in front of individual uh, groups that need to be uh, uh, that need to hear your message. And, and the name of her uh, organization is Book Speak Repeat. And uh, her name's Carrie Heaps. She's been with us before, as I mentioned. And uh, Carrie's out of Port, Port St. Joe, Florida. And her mission is to help speakers get educated on what the industry's like today, not 20 years ago, but today. And this industry changes yearly, uh, what meeting planners are looking for, uh, what changes are happening as, as their events are, hap- are changing as well. And they stay plugged in to find out what's needed to succeed in this industry and update current clients and educate new clients during orientation. She works closely with meeting planners to ensure success for the speaker and for the event. And today we're going to talk about top five tips to get your submissions done in less than five hours a week. How does that sound? So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Carrie Heaps. Uh, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us once again today. Well, Bill, thank you so much for having me back. It's such a joy to talk with you again and also join your listening audience today. Well, it's my, my pleasure and our, it's our listeners' pleasure because uh, we got a lot of great information from you last time, and I wanted to have you back on to talk about, uh, again, uh, what's going on in this because a lot of our listeners are advisors, uh, a lot of them are business owners, and at some point or another, they want to get out and, and provide their message uh, to uh, a listening audience. So, Carrie, tell us a little bit about, uh, again, uh, how you got started um, with uh, Book Speak Repeat and what you do for your clients. Sure. Well, I'm a speaker myself, uh, Bill, and I got back into the industry a couple of years ago. And, you know, when I first started my business in 2005, I actually did quite a bit of speaking. And, you know, it was so different back then. We would get meeting planners that would call us and say, hey, come and speak at our event. And we'd tell them what what we charged. And we would go do the event, collect our check, go home. We, there really wasn't a whole lot of marketing involved. At, at least there wasn't for me. And uh, I got away from it for several years. And when I got back into it a few years ago, my first gut instinct was like, oh, my goodness, this has changed so much. 
you know, you have calls for speakers. The associations are doing things different now. Uh, they have a different process. And, you know, even on the private side for colleges, universities, or private trainings at companies, uh, you know, just trying to get a hold of them and see what their needs are, just everything changed so much. And it probably took me about six months before I really figured out, hey, this is how, how we need to do this, because I'm a process girl. So once I find <laughs> yeah. a process that works, that's what I start, you know, start doing. And uh, it, it was a little while after that I started getting companies that were interested in having me uh, come and speak at their convention or, you know, come and do a private training. And I knew that this was a pain point for other speakers. So that's really where the idea came from was to be able to help other speakers. Uh, and kind of the rest is, is history. But there's two different ways we actually work with speakers now. Um, we have a submission service where we actually do all of the grunt work and, and do the submissions for the speaker um, to get them in front of meeting planners and doing the applications and so forth. And we just launched a new program this past year called the PLUS program, which is for people who want to do their own submissions. So we send them all of our open calls every Friday, and then they can you know, get those done. And we actually teach them how to get that done in less than two hours a week you know, with some of the techniques that we use internally. Well, that's spectacular. You know, there, there are so many events happening uh, these days and so many speakers. So if there's a lot of competition, uh, before someone comes to you, what are some of the top three things that they, speakers would need to have in place prior to starting even, you know, the submission process? Well, a couple of things that they need to have together is their speaking topics. And typically the, the format is they want meeting planners want to see the topic uh, of what you're going to talk about. They want a summary, which is, you know, anywhere from a short paragraph to maybe three to six sentences describing the topic. And then they want to see three to five takeaways. What is an audience member going to learn by sitting in on your workshop, your keynote, or your training that they're going to be able to implement right away? So they want to see three to five takeaways. And you want to make sure that this is in top-notch order. You know, you've spent a lot of time on this, that you've got a really clear-cut vision, you've, you've proofed it, because a lot of times what happens is when you apply, they want this in this format, and if they choose you to speak, that's what they put in their marketing material. So that goes on the website. That will go in the program book. So when people are looking at classes or workshops to sign up for, they're just copying and pasting what you sent to them. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you need to make sure that that's you know, going to be appealing to anybody who reads it. So that, first and foremost, you need to have that. You need to have an updated bio, um, you know, your entrepreneurial resume, and, you know, updating it to if you've been interviewed on different shows, like, you know, for example, Exit Coach Radio, you know, make sure that you're updating that, that you're putting that in your bio so they know that you've done some media exposure. That's so important, and it does help you get booked. So always update your bio. And then, of course, a good headshot, have something that's been done within the past six months at the latest a year uh, because you want people to be able to recognize you. They put that in the program booklet too. Um, you know, one thing that they hate is if they're looking for a speaker, maybe they've changed rooms for you at a big convention center and they're looking and they're going by the picture that they have in the book. And if you gave them something that's 10 or 15 years old and you look nothing like that now, it can cause a problem. So those are the top three things I would say. Have those in order, have them you know, updated and have them in that format. 
Excellent, excellent tips, Carrie. Uh, as usual, you're, you get right to the point on that. You know, and it's important that uh, that speakers realize that they're they've got to impress two sets of audiences. First is those that are going to book the speech, and then mm-hmm. with that same material, because as you said, they don't have time. They're going to basically lift whatever you send them if they hire you and put that into their program. It's got to appeal to the the potential listeners and the audience, the audience members, so that they attend your program and and tell others about it. So those are very important tips. And, of course, for most people, um, they they probably... um, don't take the time to really understand what needs to go into all this stuff, so they just send stuff out and wonder why they don't get booked. Is that is that about right? It well, I find that's two things. That's another thing as far as tips for you know submissions is that this the submissions is that part of the game is a numbers game. Nobody wants to admit that, but it is. Um, for example, every week we pull anywhere from ten to thirty you know open calls that we found through the week because, like you said before, there's tons of speaking engagements, but there are still more speakers than there are paid engagements. So if we pull twenty or twenty five of those, I see speakers even though we tell them don't do this, they have a habit of going through, clicking on the link, spending an hour reviewing the conference, looking at the past speakers, um, looking at you know the, the type of event that it is, and then they, what they do is they talk themselves out of applying, which is the wrong thing to do. My recommendation is click on the link, get your information submitted, move on to the next one. Because if you only apply to five of those out of the 25, you've just taken away so many chances for you to get booked. Um, and I see a lot of speakers who will do that. They they will talk themselves out of an event just through looking at the website, thinking, well, that's probably not my target audience. Well, here's the issue. You know, it may not you may not think it's your target audience, but the meeting planner might call you and say, hey, um, we liked what you had to say. We need you to make a couple of changes, and this is this is why we picked you. This you know, so there could be something right. else going on behind the scenes that people don't know about. So that is something that I, I share with people too is don't um, don't sell yourself short don't sell the event short and I've seen speakers turn engagements down that you know they're like and, and they're like well it's not enough money but the people in the audience can pay them above and beyond their fee so it's like don't mm-hmm. uh, cut off your nose to spite your face whatever that saying is so that's another thing that I see speakers do that really hurts them it hurts their chances so much yeah, and depending on on what their topic is, of course, um, isn't it possible that that meeting planner may not be able to need you for their particular meeting they're planning, but they may talk to other meeting planners, or they maybe they manage several different types of associations, and maybe they can use you somewhere else. Exactly, and that's a great point. I'm glad that you brought that up. You know, one of the things that I find in this field that you know, because I'm a speaker myself, clearly I use the the service, and I work all the time. But part of the reason I work all the time is because we're continually submitting and we're continually building those relationships with meeting planners. So patience is a key in this industry because they might talk to you right now, but the event's probably not going to be until 2020. So by the time they get back to you, it could be a couple of months. You know, that's pretty standard. The other thing is, too, is that follow-up. If you meet a meeting planner and you have a conversation, they don't have a need right now, but you want to keep in contact with them. Have a good 
follow-up process. Um, we're working on a schedule right now to help all of our uh, speakers with the follow-up process if they don't have one, because that is just key. You know, you want to make sure that you're you're staying in touch, that they know about you, because that's true too. They, you know, they belong to other organizations. They talk to other meeting planners. They get referrals, and you never know who they're going to send your information to. So um, they do talk to one another. We actually started a new segment on our Facebook page uh, called Minute with the Meeting Planner, and we basically do a Zoom that we record, and it's between me and a meeting planner, and we, the meeting planner offers tips to our speakers saying, hey, you know, this is what's going on in the private sector. This is what you should expect with fees. You need to be open to negotiation, just offering different tips because at the end of the day, they're the ones that get us hired. Um, they're involved in that process, and, you know, or they might be part of the panel, you know, so their vote is counting. It, it just depends on the organization. If they're an independent meeting planner. It just depends. We actually just interviewed Deanna Wosu, which I think you had a conversation with her um, earlier in the year. And, you know, she was giving her perspective on the private event industry. And she does. She has a lot of different events that she plans. So you may not be a fit for the one she's doing now, but it could be in the future that she's like, hey, this person would be perfect. So you can't be surprised if you hear from them a year later. Very good point. Very good point. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they, they may have just had someone that does your particular area of expertise and they don't need it for another maybe they come back around six months later or something like that so let's talk about some tips you know one one of the bane I think for a lot of speakers is they're like you know I, I don't have a lot of time I can create great public um, publicist materials things that I can hand out like the topic summary and all that looks all great but then I get to the meeting planners, and they want me to use their format, their submission form. So what are some tips you could offer speakers to help them cut down on the time it takes to complete submission forms? Well, two things that we tell everyone is, first and foremost, you need to schedule two hours on your calendar every week that you're going to do submissions. So if you already have a list of submissions that you're going to do, maybe there's 10 to 15 of those, just schedule a two-hour block out and stick to that. Whether you do it on a Saturday, a Sunday, it doesn't matter because those go into a bank. So it's not like you're sending an email to someone at 2 o'clock in the morning if that's the only time you have to do it. So schedule time on your calendar is first. Second thing I tell everyone to do is if you use Google Chrome, um, there's an option in settings where you can do an autofill, which basically means you can set it up where you put in your name, company name, address, phone number, email, and website, and you save that information. And what will happen is when you pull up one of these forms, Bill, and you start typing your name, it's just going to auto-populate. So all you have to do is hit enter or highlight your name, and it automatically fills out that top part of the form, all the basic information that they're going to ask you for. That shaves five, five to ten minutes off for most people right there, ten if you're a slow typer. So that's first first thing that you're going to do. The other thing you want to do is have your speaking topics, the topic summary, three to five takeaways, your bio on a Microsoft Word document and have that open while you're doing submissions. Because with your submissions, all you're going to be doing when they ask for your bio, you're just going to copy it and paste it right into the form. Same thing with your topic, copy and paste, your summary or description of the topic, copy and paste it, and copy and paste your three to five takeaways in the form. And sometimes they have additional questions about how much you charge or what airport you fly out of, so you can fill those in. But if you're copying and pasting that information, you have it open, that's going to cut 
uh, 10 to 15 minutes off of each form. So logistically, um, once you do all of that, you click submit, you just go on to the next one, you treat it like a, you're just filling out job applications because that's kind of what it is. So you yep. go on to the next one, fill in, you know, start typing in your name, hit enter, and it's auto, it'll auto-populate. So those are a couple of tips that I would offer to people to help shave out the time and get them done in less than two hours a week. Great thoughts. So turn it into a process, learn the game, and play the game. I love it. So, Carrie, exactly. at, uh, at Book Speak Repeat, you help speakers find their gigs, if you will, but uh, you also help them uh, learn how to find their gigs uh, and uh, with that, are there some good websites where people can go to find speaking engagements? Yeah, a couple of them that I recommend is eventsinamerica.com. And if you go there, you can actually create a free profile as a speaker on their site. But they have all of the different trade shows that are coming up, and you can look those up. And you can go online and you could look it up by city, by the year, by the month, um, you know, if you just want to look up trade shows or conventions um, or the smaller local events. So you can do a search of what you want to look for. And then you can go to the event website and learn more about what they're doing, see if they have an open call for speakers. So that's one site. Um, the other one that I like to recommend is actually for events that are in uh, Canada and, you know, in on also in Europe. And that is um, eventsi.com. So I E Y E, like your eyeball. So eventsi.com uh, is another great site for international events if you're looking at speaking overseas. That's great. So, so when people come to you, Carrie, and they say, "Look, I've got this uh, this concept, this idea. I want I wanted you to help me." Um, we've talked about some of the to- some of the top five tips. Have we covered all the top five tips at this point? Yeah, like I said, the top five, I would say, you know, making sure you have your topic summary, three to five takeaways, your updated right. bio, your um, your headshot, you know, as well, an updated headshot. And then, of course, you know, having, I would say, too, having your website, making sure that's updated, you have a page for speaking or having your topics on there. Um, you need to, you know, have your own separate site. Or if you have a business site, just have one tab for speaking. And, and then I would say the last thing would be media. I can't stress that enough. Get interviewed. I, podcast. Do write an article for an online blog or magazine. It will help you tremendously. Um, when meeting planners see that you're being featured, that's a huge, huge thing. Um, I do a lot of workshops, and my workshop attendance is well over 100 every time. And it's because I'm marketing it on social media, and I'm also getting interviewed. You know, people hear about me. Uh, in different ways. So when people hear your name a few times and then they see that you're going to be speaking at an event that they're attending, they're going to be like, hey, I've heard of Bill. Yeah, let me sign up for that. I've heard an interview he did or I read an article he wrote. Let me sign up for that. So it does help. It helps a lot. So I just, I can't stress that enough. Get interviewed. You are truly an expert. You uh, you always have great tips for our, our listeners, and I really appreciate you coming on, Carrie. Again, it's Carrie Heap's Book Speak Repeat. The website is simple: www.bookspeakrepeat.com. And Carrie, I really appreciate you helping our listeners out. If you have any questions about the type of work that Carrie does, please go to the website, get in touch with her, talk to her. She'll she'll help you out. So, Carrie, again, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Bill. It's always an honor to join you and your audience. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 